Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it. Hammer, I don't know about you. I couldn't take my my eyes off the TV all weekend. Saturday was that that uh, what are su- some are calling the attempted coup in Russia. I watched eight straight hours of news coverage on that. It was fascinating. Couldn't take my eyes off of it. And then yesterday, I was sitting down. I sat down in front of the TV once storm coverage started. Uh, storms throughout the city. Wind, hail, severe storms, tornadoes, and again, we were, I was watching. You know, listening here to WIBC to Donnie Burgess and Kurt Darling, and then our news gathering partner. Wish TV, uh, we're doing a great job covering them as well. You know, the tornadoes, they're going to get a lot of the headlines, but that hail, some of the photos of the hail oh, that was falling bigger down. Bigger than golf balls. Right. Like, we're talking massive hail falling down. That caused a lot of damage down at the resort in uh, French Lick, West Baden. Kind of damaged that big dome no area. No kidding. But, yeah, man, it was touch and go, and it happened so fast. What did yesterday. you get? Did you get anything? We just got a little bit of rain. Yeah, so did we. Up you know, the time. sirens were going off. I could hear the sirens, but we just got some rain, and that was it. We narrowly escaped it, because there was that stuff up above us that was real bad, and then there was the stuff right below us uh, in Zionsville. It kind of came through Brownsburg and Central Indy, but we never really, I mean, we got a, a light sprinkling Sprinkle. Oh, we got a little bit more than a sprinkle. You did, yeah. No, but not us. Uh, it not certainly us. wasn't like what was happening in other parts of the sure, state. Man, other parts. So crazy. Widespread damage reported. Greenwood, New Whiteland, Bargersville. Folks there could be without power for two days. And the National Weather Service tells our news gathering partners at Wish TV three confirmed touchdowns statewide yesterday. Now. Richard Essex of Wish TV, he's on location at the location in Johnson County, taking a look at some of the damage. We are behind the old Marsh store right off 135 on, on Stone Crossing Road. You can see there's just a sea of blue tarps covering all of the houses in this area. Uh, you could, There is a lot of debris here on the ground, a lot of metal that has been thrown around. Construction crews at almost every everywhere you look, you could just over to our left, there is a, a, a crew of people that are taking down and cleaning up some trees. But look at all of the blue tarps that are covering the roofs. The storm that came through here didn't take any houses down to the ground like we saw a couple of weeks ago in New Whiteland, but it certainly has done a lot of damage to the roofs here. Everywhere you look down here, there are broken fences, down trees. It looks like parts of roofs uh, and parts of, of the roof structure that's been spread all over the area. It was Richard Essex, Wish TV, and yeah, he even mentioned New Whiteland, which went through horrific circumstances weeks ago when when tornadoes and heavy thunderstorms rolled through. Luckily, this round wasn't as intense as that tornado outbreak on March 31st. So for that, that's a blessing. But uh, teams from the National Weather Service are going to go out today and take a look at several Indiana counties. Again, the atrium of that West Baden Springs Hotel in Orange County, off limits right now. 
Now, the hotel remains open, but that big, iconic atrium is closed indefinitely. Uh, Governor Holcomb says the Indiana Department of Homeland Security will have staff on the ground in the coming days. Some of the areas that they're going to visit, some of the counties, Davies, Johnson, Martin, Monroe, uh, those are just some of the towns that were hit the hardest. Did you hear the sirens where you lived? Uh, no sirens that I know of in Zionsville. I didn't hear anything. Uh, I know I did have to sprint out and go get my daughter and her friend that were at the playground down the street when I saw the warnings pop up on TV because I still didn't know what was what we were going to get. So I hopped on the bike and, and, and rushed to get them, but that's about it. And yeah, lo- I think a lot of people need to understand that these sirens... There's really not one specific code. It's county by county as to how they decide to fire these bad boys off. Because it was a little confusing. Because if you live in southern Marion County, you know that there were, at least if you were watching the news, listening to IBC, tornado on the ground in Johnson County. So you hear a siren go off and you think, oh no, there's a tornado on the ground in Marion County. right. But that's not necessarily the case. They also fired these sirens off for severe thunderstorm warnings. So even though there was a tornado on the ground in northern Johnson County, if you live in parts of Marion County, north or south, you are hearing these sirens does not mean that a tornado was on the way or has even been spotted. It could be a severe thunderstorm warning. Now, not every county is like that. That's what kind of makes this whole thing a little bit confusing. You said you were watching a lot of the news coverage all weekend. Yeah. Did you wake up to see the uh, aftermath of what happened at Broad Ripple on Sunday morning? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I saw that it's all going to be taken care of now. No need to worry because the the Broad Ripple Village Association is going to make it a gun-free zone on the weekend. So there's that. Problem solved. Problem solved. (laughs) I'm going to raise my hand for a question. Why can't they make it a crime-free zone? <laughs> right. Just for Friday and Saturday. <laughs> if you want to do your shooting and your criminal activity, you've got car blast to do it the rest of the week. It is a crime-free zone in Broad Ripple. Uh, no, it's 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 awful. It's disturbing. And these headlines keep popping up for years and years and years now. And we're just now doing something. And I quote, I put that in quotation marks, doing something about it with right. the gun-free zones. It's tragic. People lost their lives over the weekend. Three people fatally shot in Broad Ripple over the weekend. Another person uh, trying to recover from their wounds. Here is Indy Mayor Boss Hawkset on gun-free zones in Indy. As I announced just a few weeks ago, the city has actively encouraged civic, neighborhood, and private organizations who do host high-traffic events to consider requesting special event permits that, once granted, would allow them to declare these activities to be gun-free. This morning, I'm heartened after speaking with the Broad Ripple Village Association leadership that I've received their commitment that they will be requesting such a permit to be issued beginning next weekend. If this permit is approved, I have pledged my full support that IMPD and other city agencies will provide the resources and support to enforce this reasonable request. Hear ye, hear ye, gang members, drug dealers, and general bad guys. You are no longer allowed to bring your guns in Broad Ripple 
Fridays and Saturday and Sunday nights. Oh, that'll that'll do the trick, right? Right. I mean, like a lot of these clubs. Look, there are some problem clubs. I'm, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Um, I got a buddy of mine that works in Broad Ripple. He's a businessman, has a business in Broad Ripple. And I was texting back and forth with him today. Um, I work. He goes, the guy that works for me refuses to come to Broad Ripple without his pistol. <laughs> the Broad Ripple Village Association is made up of flaming liberals, and the business owners are putting a ton of pressure on them. Such lack of creativity and critical thinking. And there are, yes, there are problem bars in this area as well. There are, but listen to this next soundbite, though. Joe Hogsett makes it sound like it's, I think, more of a problem than it really is. I met this morning for several hours with police leadership, and we've begun the process of identifying problem properties throughout the Broad Ripple area that have consistently been shown to foster the kind of violence we saw last night. In the coming days, the city prosecutor's office and IMPD will be meeting with these problem property owners. As I announced just a few weeks ago, the message will be simple. If you do not take basic common sense steps to ensure that your properties are not magnets for criminal activity, we will use the full force of law to hold you accountable. This is not how we're going to live. So, like you, Nige, I've got some friends that own a property right there, a popular property in Broad Ripple, and I asked them, what did you think about the mayor's press conference? This was the response that I got. Quote, it's mostly the young punks who can't get into the bars who are causing all the trouble. The incident this weekend was really crazy, and it was difficult for the police to manage. The entire street is under construction, so mm. it's all gated, yeah. so everybody's trapped at a small spot. Most bars are doing their part um, and checking for weapons by wanding yeah. and not letting people in, but there are a few who are not as strict. And that's, that's the problem. That's one of the problems right there. And, and not letting, you know, if you're not wanding your clients before they come into your bar, that's a huge problem. Guess who's back, 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 back you're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Okay, so Fox News has announced its new primetime lineup. Jesse Waters moving into the 8 o'clock spot. Previously. I was told it was going to be Keith Olbermann. Is that <laughs> not happening? <laughs> he was on the list. <laughs> he was buried. He was on the list. But no, Jesse Waters moving into uh, Tucker Carlson's spot at 8 o'clock. So who's there at 7, Hammer? So, so that, Because Jesse Waters, was his show was on at 7 o'clock primetime right. at 7. So that left. So now we're, 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 um, we're playing musical chairs. Here, it looks like. And this is the way it kind of has always been at Fox. The seven o'clock host was always the next man up, basically. Tucker used to be the seven o'clock guy. Then when Bill O'Reilly left, yeah. Tucker took over. So Laura Ingram will go to seven o'clock. Oh, big promotion. She's going to seven o'clock, followed by Jesse Waters at eight. Hannity stays at nine. And then Gutfeld jumps up an hour to 10. And then at 11, just kind of your straight lace news program, Trace Gallagher, uh, Gallagher with Fox News Tonight. So what do you think? You think Hannity's pissed he didn't get that primetime slot? Or everybody is fine with Hannity right where he is because that's where he's been for years and years and years and years, and they maybe just didn't want to disrupt that lineup too much? Right. Just in case Jesse doesn't work at 8, maybe they didn't want to screw up the consistent, steady thing they've got at 9. 
because Hannity's been there for a long time, man. He's been there. Yeah. I think it's a record for how long he's had a program on cable news. I mean, does this change the audience for Gutfeld? I mean, being on at 10 o'clock, I guess there's more people awake. Maybe more people watch his show. Is that how that works? And what if there's I mean, breaking news? Is Gutfeld going to be able to handle that? Because that's the one thing that... I think it's a knock on his program. One, it's pre-recorded, right? They do it at like 5 or 6 o'clock, and it airs later that night, like a lot of the late-night shows do. You know, Stephen Colbert's not live. Jimmy Kimmel's not sure. live. Uh, but at 10 o'clock, maybe you're covering big votes at the Senate, or maybe there's some sort of drama going on. Is he going to be know. forced to be there and do that kind of stuff? Those are the questions that I don't know the answer to yet. But Have you gotten into Gutfeld? Like, do you, are you a Gutfeld guy? I love him on the five, but. That's me. I like him on the five better than I like his late night program. Because to me, anytime you have too many guests, I tune in to watch the host do their thing. And it's like this with radio, too. I watch and I listen for the hosts of that program to do what they do best. And sometimes when they have so many guests, it waters things but down. Gutfeld is different than, say, like a Jesse Waters primetime or a Tucker Carlson. Gutfeld is more of a panel show. It's a late-night talk show, basically. Right. And it was doing very well in the ratings at 11 o'clock. And I'm wondering if they're nervous now that since it's going back an hour. I mean, I don't know how any of that works or what the thinking or logic is with those studio executives. But, I mean, maybe you... You have the potential to reach more people when you're on a 10 than you do 11. He's the king of late night. His yeah. numbers were beating uh, all those major names that we talked and about. For, and for what I understand, Hammer, I think there's still, uh, they may have come to an agreement. I don't know. There's still a writer's strike going on. So he, his was the only show that was still uh, live and not in repeats. Uh, over the weekend, the Sunday morning talk shows were trying to figure out the best way to handle some topics that aren't really in their wheelhouse. Trouble with the Democrats. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, a lot of drama going on right now. So Chuck Todd, the soon-to-be former host of Meet the Press, he's still got a gig right now. He's kind of lame-ducking it until the end. He had on Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. Now, I know this was appointment television for you, Nige, when <laughs> America's evil grandmother appears with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. But... Amy was asked if she's got concerns about the mental and physical well-being of Joe Biden to run for president again. We got a new poll out. Uh, we asked various questions having to do with President Biden and his ability to do the job. Uh, does he have the mental and physical health to serve? Um, the concern among Democrats has doubled since October 2020. It was only one in five Democrats that had that concern before Election Day 2020. It's now over 40 percent. It's 43 percent. Um, you were just with the president at the state dinner. What are, Do you have any concerns? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, he did so well at that state dinner. <laughs> so, if, in case you didn't catch that, her reasoning for Joe Biden to get another four years, despite him falling down, saying ridiculous things, looking disheveled all the time, was... He did pretty good at the state dinner. <laughs> That's the bar. That's the bar where we're at right now. Well, he didn't crap his pants. He didn't you know, say he, something inappropriate he or didn't racist. Fall, fall flat on his face in front of hundreds of people. He's great. When you've got nothing going for you, the Democrats make sure to give you props for doing average everyday tasks like <laughs> being coherent at a dinner. Yeah. Uh, he did so well at that state dinner. 
<laughs> but keep in mind, though, yeah. this is also Joe Biden you're talking about. This is the same dude who expected a round of applause for getting off of Air Force One, walking over to the press corps, and yelling that his butt's been wiped. <laughs> My butt's been wiped. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio, Guy Relford, the gun guy, licensed firearms instructor, and to a scholar, as <laughs> one uh, journalist put it. Uh, Guy Relford, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg, the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest, and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or Premier Arms. Uh, lots of indie weekend violence, Broad Ripple, three dead shootings at two o'clock in the morning in a well-known intersection there in Broad Ripple. Yep. And uh, Boss Hogsett's answer and the Broad Ripple Village Association's answer is to make Broad Ripple a gun-free zone on the right. weekends. Um, just overall general thoughts on even what that means and what that looks like. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, there are a couple of things you got to start from. The the opening premise is that a business can have whatever policy it wants on firearms or dress code or masks or whatever it wants, right? So, if I want to have a, a policy for my business as a bar owner in Broad Ripple that says no guns allowed, I can, they can absolutely have that policy if they want to. That's their And business. most of those bars in Broad Ripple, they wand you when yeah. you go in, like you're going to a Pacers or a yeah, Colts game. And, and just as, right. as a side note, how many... I mean, you don't ever really see anyone getting shot in the bars. Right. It's always out in the street. Well, your guys' segment at the top of your show where you're talking about, you know, it's it's punks who can't get into bars that are hanging around outside making trouble that, 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 that are getting involved in these violent incidents. But, but beyond the fact that a business can have whatever policy it wants, then you start talking about, well, okay, now we're talking about city streets and sidewalks and public property. Well, as we've talked about before, the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act says local governments like the city of Indiana Annapolis cannot regulate firearms, including the possession of firearms. So, the, the city can't make city streets, in, in, in general, a no-gun a, a, a no zone, a gun-free zone. So, how do they make Broad Ripple a gun-free zone? Well, what they can potentially do, because an exception to the Firearms Preemption Act is that the organizer or promoter of an event, and that's a key word, event, that on property leased from the city, that's another key provision, um, can declare that area a no-gun no zone, a gun-free a gun zone, and the city can help them enforce that. So, that's why you go through security, and there may be IMPD officers when you're getting into a Colts game. Right, so they can yeah. they, because that's that's why they created that exception or a pacer game. Uh, you know, the city through the Capital Improvement Board owns Gainbridge, they own Lucas Oil Stadium, they lease those properties to private quote unquote organizers or promoters of an event that is the Colts and the Pacers, so they can make it a, a, a gun-free zone if they want, and the city can help them enforce that. So, what they're talking about here, and you heard in Joe Hogsett's announcement that you guys played uh, in your show that I heard on the way down here, is he said, um, those businesses of the Broderpool Village Association that are hosting you know, high-traffic events can apply for a permit 
and and if granted, they can make that a gun-free zone, and the city will help them enforce that. That's what they're talking about. So what are they going to do? They're going to say it's what weekend in Broad Ripple right. is, is an event. So Fridays, Saturdays, weekends in Broad Ripple, the Broad Ripple Village, the folks that get to make the decisions, uh, they're going to say that's an event because it's a high-trafficked area. Right. And, and 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 you know what? I mean, we could litigate this. I mean, I did a an interview uh, a couple hours ago with Fox Fifty Nine. They said, "Well, you know, if, if this gets litigated in court, because you know, my, my organization, Two A Project, may very likely be the ones to litigate it." Um, they go, "What's going to turn on?" I go, "Well, what's an event?" I mean, if we just declare weekends and broader ripple an event, is that like a Colts game, you know, or a Pacer game? I mean, is that the intent of the, of the legislature? Could one bar owner, let's say that uh, Nigel owns one of the bars on the Broad Ripple oh, that'd strip be trouble. there, <laughs> I'd be uh, one of the problem owners. <laughs> could he come out and say, "Hey, this weekend we're celebrating Pride, so it's an event this weekend," and then just every single weekend come up with some reason yes. as to why it's a you know, reason to make it a gun-free zone. Yeah, that's right. And and so, you know, you look at that and say, okay, was that in the intent of the legislature? I mean, for instance, you know, we've seen events down on the circle, right down below where we are right now, right? For Super Bowl weekend or Final Four weekend where they block off the circle and they've got security. They're doing that coming end. up again soon. Right. And so, they, you know, they block it off. They've got security and metal detectors at either end. And to get onto the circle, you got to go through a metal detector. Well, that's because they've declared that an event and they have a promotion who's organizing that event, and the, the preemption statute says they can make that a gun-free zone. So, at the end of the day, though, it's clear this is an election year for Joe right. Hogsett. Sure. He knows his opponent's got a lot of money, and we'll talk about that opponent coming up here in a little bit. <laughs> right. But he knows his opponent's got a lot of money, so he's going to look like Mr. Tough Guy. This is his workaround of trying to, quote, end his words, gun violence at Indy by having private businesses declare gun-free zones on Monument Circle and Broad Ripple. Well, that's exactly right, Jason. And what was, you know, not surprising because it's Joe Hogsett, but, you know, it's always dis- disappointing, even though it's completely predictable, is he came out and he said, he said, well, you know, the real problem here is this dramatic upsurge in people carrying guns because yeah. more people have licenses and, and, you know, of course, constitutional carry. I predicted it when it passed. The very first interview I did here with you guys. Oh, man, constitutional carry. After 10 years, we finally got it passed. By the way, if somebody spits on the sidewalk, it's going to get blamed on constitutional carry. Right. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly what we're seeing. And, and but, but and, you know, here, four people were shot. Do we know who shot the people, you know, in Broad Ripple? I mean, do we know who caused that? Not I yet. Mean, and so, do we have any idea whether, oh, for instance, they were legal to carry a firearm under constitutional carry or whether they were eligible for a handgun license? We don't know anything about that. And this guy for pure political reasons and because he's that democrat hack that he's always been comes out and wants to blame you know people with licenses which is or through law-abiding citizens yeah right. here's the quote hogsett said in 2012 the city had about 50,000 active gun permits since then the numbers have exploded this year we're on pace to end the year with nearly 160,000 active gun permits and that's after the state legislature took action to allow permitless guns to be carried in our city yeah. I love how all of a sudden they're clutching their pearls. Yeah, EGADs, law-abiding citizens. Yeah. And, and somebody, nobody ever stops to ask why there's 
even an explosion in gun permits. Bingo. Well, good point. You know, I mean, because a lot of people like me have made the decision to be responsible for their personal exactly. safety. Exactly. And you've got very little faith that the gruesome twosome of Joe Hawkset and Ryan Mears Absolutely. are going to have bad guys locked away. Of course, people are going to go out. Like family members of mine have such little faith at the city leaders in Indy right now. They went out and got weapons to defend themselves because the bad guys keep let, getting let right back out on the street. I mean, you think I come downtown without carrying a gun? I mean, of course not. I, I never do. Um, and, and and I'm a big, ugly dude, right? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like, think about <laughs> But you my, were also accosted on Monument Circle. I'm saying. And I was really, really glad I had a gun. But 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 it's amazing to me. I mean, let me give you, just throw out a fact here and, and ask it, let's ask ourselves if this is consistent with the line that, that Mayor Hawks is taking here. The Crime Prevention Research Center, um, a great scholar there, Dr. Dom, John Lott, um, did a study, and he looked at the incidence of crimes committed by people who have a handgun license, and he compared that to crimes committed by police officers. And do you know that the crimes committed by people with a license to carry handguns, across the country, and, and looked at several different states, is f- a fraction of the crimes c- committed by police officers. That is, people with carry licenses are incredibly law-abiding and commit incredibly few crimes. And the point there is pointing at us as being the the cause of some increase in violence in Broad Ripple or anywhere else in Indianapolis is the most ludicrous thing I could point to. He's letting violent criminals repeatedly out of jail, as we've talked about here repeatedly, as we talk about with Rick Snyder over and over again, he's letting violent repeat offenders back on the street, and he wants to buy to blame law-abiding citizens for violence and broader pull. That's the most incredibly inane and stupid thing I've ever heard. Snyder sent me a uh, screenshot earlier. It was a tweet from four years ago where the FOP of Indy was posting about the violence in Broad Ripple and how it's growing. Now, this was long before that evil, scary, constitutional carry guy, but anybody that's lived here can see this city has deteriorated under its current leadership, and now... Joe Hogsett, who's been at the helm, is trying to find a scapegoat, and it's you, the law-abiding right. gun owner. Yes, right. Even though no facts, no statistics, no logic bears that out. It's Monday, gun day. Guy Relford with us. So, Guy, Jefferson Shreve, he's running against Joe Hogsett for the Indy mayor this year. He put out a press release in regards to the violence that took place over the weekend. Now, this was after Joe Hogsett's press conference. I'm going to read you a little bit here, okay? Quote, this is from Jefferson Shreve. I am in favor of any practical and effective measure to get guns out of Broad Ripple at night, employing technology to prevent guns from entering public spaces where crowds mixed with alcohol is a worthwhile endeavor. It's hard to disagree with the sentiment the mayor sets forth, but the substance and execution are sorely lacking. And then he goes into some more and more stuff here. If I'm Jefferson Shreve guy, the last thing that I want to put in any press release is anything where I agree with Joe Hogsett. Well, that's right. And and in a way where he's saying, I have no problem with uh, uh, violating the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens, uh, and uh, and and if if it if it means that 
um, you know, that we can declare broad ripple a gun-free zone. I mean, it's a major tactical mistake in my mind. I understand he knows he's running in Marion County, right? And he's trying trying to attract attract as many voters as he can in Marion County, where there's an awful lot of liberal voters. But you got to keep your base. Right. You got to keep your base and and you got to keep the Republicans that are excited about potentially having a Republican mayor. And to me, the last thing you want to do is come out and say something really dumb uh, about supporting an infringement of, of Second Amendment rights of law abiding citizens. So, you know, you should have said, you know, why don't we focus on the bad guys? You know, why don't we focus on, you know, keeping bad guys from carrying guns right. and keeping bad guys in jail, which would actually solve the problem. And it's and, a long press release. It is. And there's yeah. different things in there. Right. But that little part rubbed me the wrong way because first of all, whoever wrote this, because I don't believe that Jefferson wrote this, it had to be a staffer that wrote this, should be ashamed of themselves. He signed off on it. But he signed off on it. Absolutely right. Well sure. And 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 you know and 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 bottom line to me is that that if if you're have, if you have any inclination to vote for Jeff, Jefferson Shreve in this election, you're probably upset about, about all the BS that, that Joe Hawks is pulling here lately on Second Amendment issues, right? I mean, this ridiculous ordinance um, that is up in front of the, the, the city county council about uh, make, you know, repealing concealed carry in Marion County and uh, making the circle a gun-free zone. He's or, also or going to get it. rid of Godzilla because he can do that, too. Right. I mean, so you're looking at what <laughs> Hawks is trying to do if you have if you have any semblance of conservatism in your body and 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 where you're inclined to vote for Jefferson Shreve and you're upset about all this Second Amendment uh, BS that you're seeing from Hogsett and and now to to have him come out and, and basically support the the bottom line contention right. of what he's talking about and, and broader poll that that's incredibly now, Nige, did you view this the same way that I did where it looks like Shreve was like uh, I kind of agree with Joe here yeah I thought it was a mistake although Though, tell me exactly, Guy, I mean, because somebody just happened to be reading this and maybe he's on the fence or maybe he's not as hardcore 2A as some other people will look at the words and say, you look at these words and say, I'm I'm for employing technology to prevent guns from entering public spaces where there's crowds and alcohol. It's a worthwhile endeavor. Um, somebody might just, a low info voter or somebody's on the fence or somebody doesn't carry a gun might see it and say, oh, that makes sense. Well, that's right. Then, it's because there's a basic a basic Second Amendment right to carry a gun in public. And because we have a law at the state level that says that local jurisdictions, local local governments like the city of Indianapolis can't prohibit the, the possession of firearms in public spaces. And so what would they do in Broad Ripple? They shut the entire street down, Broad Ripple Avenue, and then have yeah. just single points of entry where you can get to the uh, bars and you get wanded? I think I mean, every bar in Broad Ripple wands you before you... you yeah, I think, I mean, to do what they're talking about here, yes, they'd have to, to figure out what exact space they want to deal with. They'd have to completely block it off and then set up metal detectors uh, for you to be able to get in or get out of that particular space. And I'm imagining something on, on Broderpool Avenue uh, from college over to however many blocks over, maybe Westfield, um, and saying, that's it. They'd have to block off all those side streets. I mean, what's, what's that going to do to traffic? Are people still going to want to go down there and and deal with all that. There are a whole lot, bunch of logistical issues that I don't think they've figured out yet. This was just such a bad statement from Jefferson Shreve, and 
here's what I love about WIBC and what we do. We call balls and strikes here, right? When there's a Democrat that does something moronic, we will call them out. Right. When a Republican does something dumb, we will call them out on that too. Guy, you get the messages on Twitter the same way that we do. Oh, yeah. You guys at WIBC just carry the water for the right. <laughs> right, right. Nobody is tougher on both sides than we are here at 93 WIBC. And my fear is that whoever's in charge of putting staffers on major campaigns here in Marion County, they're going to screw this one up the same way they screwed up Cindy Carrasco. Well, and to your point... Because Carrasco was really good. I'm sorry, not not to cut you off. She was really good. She was qualified to be the prosecutor. But the people that worked on her campaign weren't qualified to run a donut shop. And I'm feeling the same way right now about Jefferson Shreve's people. Well, you know, it's starting to look that way. Because let me tell you a question I've gotten over and over again. I've had this question on my show. I've had this question all over social media. Is, Guy, where is Jefferson Shreve on the Second Amendment? Because people want to know, and they, they, they want my evaluation on that. I go, you know what? He hasn't said much on the Second Amendment. I don't, I don't know that we have a specific idea. I know he has to be better than Joe Hogsett. Well, this statement doesn't give me a lot of support uh, for that belief. If somebody wants to continue this conversation or reach out to you, how do they find you? At Guy Relford on Twitter's best way right now. I'm trying to build that following, so check that out and give me a, give me a follow at, at Guy Relford on Twitter. Guy, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Night show we're coming right back with top stories hammer and nigel you believe these characters are weirdos so let's rock my name is nigel jason hammer right over there i was glued to my tv all weekend man yesterday it was the the thunderstorms rolling through central indy and then saturday i could not stop watching the um what some are calling an attempted coup by uh, the Wagner organization. Wagner! Wagner, which are hired mercenaries fighting alongside Russian soldiers in Ukraine. They actually turned around, uh, took over a Russian city, and then were marching towards Moscow. Uh, It was rumored that Putin had fled to St. Petersburg, Russia, in his compound, but the last second a deal was made, and everybody turned around, and nothing happened. Worst coup ever. (laughs) Where's the comic book guy for The Simpsons at? But I was watching that. I was fascinated with all that, and there's a lot of questions still remain unanswered. Um, You know, uh, this this Wagner group that's run by this guy uh, named Prigozhin, um, they, I guess that army, the the hired mercenaries, don't really get along with the Russian army. Well, no, because a lot of their guys are getting killed in this war. Yeah. And it's poorly ran, and Prigozhin wanted the defense minister of Russia removed, and it was it was fascinating to watch it play out. I mean, it gets way into the weeds, and I don't understand a lot of it, but it was it was something. I, you know, at one point, I looked around and I was I said, okay, so we've got a country here that could be spiraling into what looks like a civil war, and a country that has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons. So let's see what Joe Biden has to say about it. I flipped it over to uh, Joe Biden's Twitter. There were five tweets in a row about abortion and Roe v. Wade. Okay. Thanks, Joe. (laughs) Well, you know he doesn't run his own Twitter account. Because I know for a fact Joe was busy. Because Joe and Hunter went to Camp David (laughs) together. So keep this in mind. While Russia was, in theory, on verge of what could be viewed as a civil war, where nukes were in play... 
Joe and Crackhead McGee decided they're going to hop on a bird and go to Camp David together. They're probably getting all their ducks in a row, getting ready for the for their defense of uh, um, you know prosecution. Of, uh, I mean, I think Biden's hot, lawyered up now with this spy gate and with um, the IRS whistleblowers and these forms that the FBI, these documents that the FBI has claiming that it's he, when he was vice president, it was pay for play. Um, I, I, I maybe that well, that's what they were. Maybe they had more important things to do. A real meeting Russia. of the minds at Camp David yeah. this past weekend. Right. Uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden together. So while they were out trying to figure out their alibi, that <laughs> left the party behind trying to figure out how do we address the media here. So. On C-SPAN, Democratic Rep. Brad Sherman, he was asked about the IRS whistleblower, and (laughs) basically his take was, listen, if this were you and I, this would probably be done a little quicker, but it's Hunter Biden, so don't be shocked if it gets stretched out. If the investigation into him, though, was if he was given preferential treatment or a slow walk, there was bias. Should that be further investigated because of this whistleblower's claims? We should investigate everything, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this tax matter went more slowly than it would for Tom, Dick, uh, Harry, or Mary. Okay. You don't say. So you're telling me that the uh, folks that carry the water for Joe Biden might drag their feet a little bit looking into Hunter Biden's taxes? Don Jr., your thoughts? No, sh- <laughs> <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, this whole thing is so crooked, so dirty. Uh, Allison, let's play a festive round of Is It Racist? It's time to play Is It Racist? Now, if you're new to this program and you're wondering, hey, I want to play, but I don't really understand the rules. Here to explain is AOC. Is it racist? Is something racist? Yes or no? All right, so Nigel, I'm going to read you a headline. And you take it from there. Iowa newspaper apologizes for racist attack on GOP candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, no, I saw this. They published a cartoon about Ramaswamy, and it showed him speaking in front of a crowd of MAGA Republicans yelling ethnic slurs at Ramaswamy, like, get me a Slurpee Apu. Good Lord. It showed Ramaswamy smiling back and saying, hello, my MAGA friends. So essentially what the cartoon did was, um, and there were other things too. It was it was an ugly, just, let me see, I had it right here. Show, you know, he's speaking at an event, right, to MAGA Republicans, Vivek Ramaswamy. And the cartoon show, he's saying, hello, MAGA friends. And one guy shouts, Muslim! Another uh, cartoon character, show us your birth certificate. And the other one says, get me a Slurpee, Apu. Good Lord. Uh, so yes, it's incredibly racist and they were trying to paint MAGA supporters with one uh, giant brush that, that they're all a bunch of racist rednecks when in fact Joe Biden is the one that made 
uh, comments about Indian Americans owning convenience stores and 7-Elevens during his campaign in 2008. Uh, Joe Biden describing Barack Obama as well-spoken, articulate, and clean. Um, <laughs> the, the, the women of The View uh, downplaying Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, in, in saying he's the exception rather than the rule just because he's a conservative. And the Iowa paper ate their crow and said they were sorry. Vivek Ramaswamy put out a statement, quote, it's sad that this is how the mainstream media views Republicans. I've met with grassroots conservatives across America and never once experienced experienced the kind of bigotry that I regularly see from the left. Iowa's Quad City Times absolutely has the right to print this, but it's still shameful. That was the statement from Vivek Ramaswamy. Speaking of the political left, Nige, Pride Month continues. Over the weekend, Seattle had their Pride Parade, which featured grown men on camera showing their junk to little kids. I've seen those videos all over social media. Perverts. We had (laughs) uh, New York City's Pride event was held recently where they had topless activists and drag queens chanting, we're coming for your children. So, I'm going to take that at face value. That's what represents your community right there. And I feel like the gay community has been co-opted by these trans, these radical trans groomers. And they don't like it any more than we do. There's a lot of ticked off people in the gay community that feel like this whole movement has been turned into a cartoon by groomers. You're 100% right with that. And you know what? Even Starbucks knows when to pump the brakes. Now, Starbucks, one of the most liberal companies in America, they're dealing with a major walk-off on the job of their staff right now because they're not... Telling their employee, they're telling their employees, you can't put up pride flags. So basically, what I'm getting at here, Starbucks learned from Bud Light. Starbucks right. saw what happened with Bud Light and thought, man, we we like politics, but we like making money a hell of a lot more. <laughs> so how about you guys just don't put the pride flag up in the stores? Well, that didn't go over well with the Starbucks workers, and now they're all threatening a big walk-off. The same thing happened with the BLM, wearing BLM stuff at Starbucks. I believe I believe the same some, somewhat similar situation happened there a couple of years ago with that. Now, speaking of Bud Light, they've inspired a new card game for kids. Have really? you seen this? No. They've inspired a new card game for kids, and the mainstream media, they are eating it up. It's here, the new game just for kids with a social conscience. It's Wokemon. Yay! <laughs> Instead of everybody's favorite Pikachu, <laughs> Wokemon has Lookachu, pointing out examples of income inequality, gender debate, and costly corporate decisions. Start collecting all the Wokemon cards today and get your official Wokemon t-shirt in a custom color, yellow, brown, red, or white, whichever one you feel is being underserved by the U.S. government. <laughs> Get woke. Get Wokemon. Wokemon cards. Yes. Available everywhere. Hammer and Nigel products. And if you have those cards at a parade while you're moving, it's Wokemon Go. Check it out. Hey-o. From Hammer and Nigel products. 
She's 79 years old, but you're the, the god uh, mother of soul, basically. You're paddling, freaking the bell. You got to know the words to one of Tina Turner's most famous songs in her catalog. So even if the teleprompter does go out, you are able to, to push your way through the song. Yes, that's something. That's awful. You're a pro. You're patting LaBelle, for God's sake. If you knew you were being tasked yes. to pay tribute to Tina Turner, wouldn't you study up the song? I don't know how it works with these artists, but somebody on her level probably they said, "Hey, we're gonna have it all on teleprompter for you. Just get out there, do your thing, and you can come off, and you're done." So she, I mean, again, she's 79 years old. Yeah, but she was like Frank Drebin and the Naked Gun right there doing the national anthem. Bunch of bombs in the air. I mean, come on, Patty. Try. <laughs> wow, that was hilarious. You just compared Patty LaBelle to Frank Drebin and Nick Naked Gun. All we're asking for is a freaking effort, Patty. Come on now. And she was doing that thing where, you know, like, 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 uh, like Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire was doing, where he was just signed Kush and he's on the road and he's trying to find a song to sing along to, and he keeps mumbling the lyrics and I'm free. Like so she, <laughs> she she was mumbling the lyrics, but then when simply the best the chorus came about, she knew those words. Allison, could you play it one more time, please? Just can I hear Patty Labelle completely mail it in? Trouble. All 
Wilson, can you turn my computer up here for just a moment? So you heard Patty LaBelle right there. Now tell me if that's any better or any worse than Frank Drebin mailing it in in the naked gun. song right she was doing that in the song yeah you're a pro patty gotta be better than that that's something is this anything the tucson police department is launching a new job where the average civilian could help police officers solve crimes (laughs) okay wonderful i believe i've seen this movie before it's called police academy for (laughs) citizens on patrol (laughs) they're calling the position a professional staff investigator and they'll do a similar job as a detective but you won't have a gun and you won't be considered a first responder. Here is the lieutenant talking about this amazing opportunity. You know, there's been different things in the media where community members help solve cases. So we want to get those people, we want to get that untapped potential. Once this is all done, they're going to go through a seven-week academy. Then they're going to go through 12 weeks of field training. And then once they're done, their day is going to look very similar to our other detectives. They'll be able to go to any scene uh, once the scene is safe. So they won't be first responders. They won't have a gun. If they interview a suspect, that person will have to be made completely safe and they'll have a sworn officer with him boy that's i don't know i think you're asking for trouble there 19 weeks of training basically and you're investigating crimes and homicides and i don't know about that 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 doesn't seem like it's anything to me hammer i mean are they really that hard up in the tucson police department they're gonna bring civilians in to start solving crimes again i've seen police academy for citizens (laughs) on patrol it didn't go well for the police no it did not go well in police academy four and like what's the interview process like here well i watch a lot of true crime documentaries so i kind of think i know how this whole thing works right i subscribe to the murder sheet so where do i get my gun at (laughs) now you said they wouldn't be holding guns (laughs) yeah i don't know if i i i would really if if you know god forbid a family member of mine or a friend of mine gets killed and and I've got a civilian on staff looking at this crime and trying to figure out the facts and details. No. No, thank you. You call the police, and all of a sudden, your buddy Dave comes over. <laughs> hey, I just got off work. I'm also, uh, you know, Joe Sixpack just gets off his job ro- you know, roofing, and now he's investigating a homicide all of a sudden. No. <laughs> Damn, somebody got killed over here. <laughs> yeah, that's why we called for an expert, and they sent Kenny over here. <laughs> Is this anything? A former corporate chef for McDonald's has a hack to help you find out whether the McDonald's close to you is a good one or not. Here he is. You need to go into your local McDonald's at a peak time, so heavy lunch rush, heavy dinner rush, and I need you to order 10 quarter pounders with cheese, and you could add some, you know, changes to those burgers as well. But if you could get your complete order in under five minutes, and all of the ingredients or adjustments that you request are accurate, you are at a good McDonald's. If they cannot handle it, then it might not be the best running McDonald's. There could be other issues, but this is a great test to determine, is your McDonald's a good one? Yeah, that's something, sure. Yeah, you order 10 quarter pounders with cheese, if they deliver, I mean, if they deliver the goods within five minutes. Like, I I, I told you the story about how I was in Vegas, the McDonald's at MGM Grand, I ordered 100 double cheeseburgers, and they got them to me within 10 minutes. 
Yeah, it was obvious. The what the McDonald's by me in Zionsville is really good. I've been there at rush hour, uh, trying to get kids food or uh, like a road trip or something. And the, the one the, the one in Zionsville is a, a bad habit of leaving stuff out of my order. So I, I'm, the, I'm that guy that sits at the drive-through after they give you your food and checks the bag. You know who um, I am? I'm the guy that gets stuck behind this jagoff ordering yeah. ten quarter pounders, yes. all special yeah. orders, and I just want to get two things and get out. That's who I am. It took longer than five minutes for me to get my food because Mr. Testy McTesterton over here had to order 10 special quarter pounders. Bite me. Uh, Multiple fatalities and shootings in Broad Ripple over the weekend. Uh, The one we're about ready to talk about. the one that, that happened, uh, it was at like 2 o'clock in the morning, late Sunday uh, morning, Hammer, right there uh, at Broad Ripple and Guilford, near Kilroy's, and there's a Jimmy John's right there. Major, major intersection right. of Broad Ripple Avenue. I mean, Popular Broad, intersection. Very, I mean, an intersection I've been to many, 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 many times in my 20s and early 30s. And, uh, you know, I'm 47 now. I haven't been to late night in Broad Ripple in a long time. Things have certainly changed since, you know, I was regularly out until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning in Broad Ripple on the weekends, certainly in the summer nights when I was in my 20s. And something's changed, man. Something has definitely changed. So let me ask you a question, Nige. Have you ever been so intoxicated that you weren't able to do your job, you didn't show up for a riot, and it's caused problems in your marriage? (laughs) Have you ever been in that situation? (laughs) You know, that scenario sounds familiar to me. I can't quite put my finger on it, but for me personally, no. Here's Joe Hogsett. <laughs> People are asking themselves, what has changed about Broad Ripple? Well, let me yeah. make it perfectly clear. Nothing has changed about one of our most vibrant, creative neighborhoods and entertainment districts. Here's what's changed. In 2012, when I was serving as the United States Attorney, the federal prosecutor, there were just over 50,000 active gun permits in Indianapolis. This year, we are on pace to end the year with nearly 160,000 active gun permits in this city. And that's after the state legislature took action to encourage the permitless carry of guns in this city. So I'm sorry. So he's saying uh, lawful gun owners are the problem here? Is that what he's saying? I mean, has anybody stopped to ask this doofus why there are so many active gun permits and an increase, an explosion, as he put it, in uh, gun permits over the past few, especially four years. It's because of your crime policies right. and your prosecutors' crime policies and the revolving door of the criminal justice system and the fact that you won't lock these repeat violent offenders up. But Nige, one of his uh, good, close personal friends and butt sniffers, Thomas Cook, said that it's because the population <laughs> of the city's just gotten bigger. That's all that it is. 
Or maybe <laughs> it's that the gruesome twosome of Hogsett and Ryan Mears have made the city feel so uncomfortable by allowing criminals to feel emboldened by just letting them right back out on the streets that more people are filing the paperwork to get their weapons. And I'd like to see, I, I want to know if these, have they caught the people that, perpe- the, that perpetrated these crimes over the weekend, these criminals, these shootings? Did they have their gun legally don't know the answer to that i I think that's a coin coin toss at this point on whether or not they had their gun legally because if you're willing to pull out a gun and shoot somebody at two o'clock in the morning in in the intersection of a very popular uh neighborhood i don't think you're too worried about permits and gun registration and uh, all that things that come along with having a, a legal gun. This is just an attempt for Joe Hogsett to brainwash low IQ voters it's into thinking he's doing something to fight crime. So transparent. Because this whole argument about permitless carry, constitutional carry, you still have to pass a background check. Say it with me, people in the back. You still have, have to, to pass, pass a, a background, background check. check. The only thing different than the policy before is you don't actually have a paper permit that's wadded up in your wallet next to the condoms. That's the only <laughs> difference. Please share I that mean, message. I, I can't believe what he just said, really. Oh, there's yeah, more. The, there's, you want to hear more? The, the, the only difference is there's more gun permits. So he's blaming, and essentially that other d- idiot you mentioned, the, Thomas guy that, Cook. the guy that does his Twitter, does he still do? I think he still does it, because every yeah. time I bash Hogsett, I make sure I tag him in it, and one of the first likes or shares you get yeah. is that guy. So, so it tells you he's running the account. Okay, whatever. Here's a little bit more from uh, Boss Hogsett. While I have the utmost respect for the Second Amendment and the rights of law-abiding citizens to own guns, what we saw last night is what has changed about Broad Ripple and so many of our entertainment districts. It is the belief that it's perfectly appropriate to go out and inject a deadly mixture of alcohol and guns into neighborhoods such as this. It wasn't always this way, and it doesn't have to be this way. We are here today to say enough is enough. We will not let this level of lawlessness and carelessness reign supreme over places like Broad Ripple. Now, I'll be (laughs) honest with you. If I had the ability to keep guns off Broad Ripple Avenue on Friday and Saturday nights, I would do it right now. But our state legislature has seen fit to ensure that I do not have the authority to do that. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. And Joe, I know you're fired up. You're when you when you're sober, you're Mr. Tough Guy. But where was this can-do spirited exactly. fighter attitude when the city was burning and windows were being broken with bricks during the summer of love in 2020? Where were you then, Joe? Again, my dad is the only person that's asked you this right to your face. Where (laughs) were you during the riots? And if Jefferson Shreve does not ask you that question to your face during a debate, then he's a weenie too. I'm so sick of all this kind of stuff, man. I live here. My family lives here. I'm a Marion County resident, and I'm so sick of all of this stuff. One more time, let's hear Boss Hogsett talking about gun-free zones. As I announced just a few weeks ago, 
The city has actively encouraged civic, neighborhood, and private organizations who do host high-traffic events to consider requesting special event permits that, once granted, would allow them to declare these activities to be gun-free. This morning, I'm heartened after speaking with the Broad Ripple Village Association leadership that I've received their commitment that they will be requesting such a permit to be issued beginning okay you can stop i've had enough yeah ironically his voice makes me want to drink (laughs) allison hit me with a little legal stuff please crime punishment judges legal stuff new york city nige getting to the bottom of the big issues no crime they're cracking down on Coal and wood-fired pizzerias because of emissions. (laughs) The New York City Department of Uh, Environmental Protection has drafted new rules that would order pizzerias in New York that use wood-fired or coal pizza-making processes to switch it up. Now... This is an expensive move for a lot of these restaurants, and we've been watching some videos on social media. We can't really share them because of some language, but these owners of these pizzerias are not happy. So it's the pizzerias that are causing the climate problem, right? That's it's we're blaming the pizza owners now, pizza shop owners. Let me read you a statement from uh, the uh, guy that's in charge of the Department of Environmental Protection. Quote. All New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air, and wood and coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in our neighborhoods with poor air quality. You know what else is causing people to have breathing problems in New York? Being shot. (laughs) Being shot in the chest is causing breathing problems, I think, a little bit more than these pizzerias are doing. So maybe, just maybe, focus on that. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Yeah, we've been talking about the uh, violence in Broad Ripple and how, uh, you know, you can hear me rolling my eyes through the microphone when we play clips of Hogset talking about making Broad Ripple a gun-free zone. Why don't you just make it a crime-free zone? Right. How about a murder-free zone? Now, what are, and, and one of the things we always get on Twitter, oh, well, what's your solution? You have solutions. We've been talking about solutions on this program for years. So when I become the mayor of Indianapolis, here's my plan. Now, I'm not telling you this is perfect, but I think it would put Indianapolis in a much better position than the hellhole that it's in right now. First of all, to make room for some of the bad guys we need to lock up, we are going to release victimless crime folks out with ankle monitors. You make them pay a fine and any restitution to somebody they may have robbed. You put them back out. And if they can't make those payments, then they go back. But I'm telling you, they will find a way to make payments because they don't want to go back to the joint. So victimless crime folks, we're going to let them out, put ankle monitors on them. Now, we've made some room for the bad guys. Habitual felons, you have to lock up. You have to be tough. This isn't anything that's groundbreaking. The Johnson County prosecutor is doing it. The Hamilton County prosecutor is doing it. 
It doesn't matter if they may or may not fall into your voter base. You have to lock up habitual bad guys and send a message that that kind of bullcrap will not be tolerated here in Indianapolis. Now, if you still don't have enough room to lock up bad guys, you have to make some cuts in your budget in other departments. If that means you don't get to build another line, the red line, the blue line, the purple line, that's fine. Scrap the line project. Make some cuts at other departments. I know it sucks, but maybe the parks department and other places, you make some cuts. You find the money. This is a state that's working with the surplus. If you have to build another jail, do it. It's unpopular to say lock more bad guys up, but that's exactly what has to happen. And Speaking of money, some of the money coming in from tourism, whether it's conventions, whether it's this new hotel that you're doing, fund some mentor programs in the hot spots, the areas where you see a lot of crime from young, young kids. You start yeah. mentor programs. You have father figure programs. You get some sort of after school activities going on to where if these kids are playing basketball, football, whatever, they're not out doing ridiculous bull crap. And you you have a major mentor presence in the city of Indianapolis. More community policing, as far as I'm concerned as well. I mean, more 10-point coalition patrolling more high-crime areas, dialogue between community leaders, more investments in places like the Shepherd Community Hammer. You were talking about investing in... I mean, Pastor Charles Harrison, uh, Reverend Charles Harrison from the 10-Point Coalition can only do so much, and he's had success. It doesn't seem like Joe Hogsett wants any part of working hand-in-hand with Reverend and the 10-Point Coalition, and they deserve to be recognized for all they're doing to push forward positive change. The plan I put forth, it's it requires an adult to make tough decisions, Some folks will have some budgets cut, but for the greater good of the city of Indianapolis, I know it's not perfect. Nothing will be perfect, but that's the plan that would be a hell of a lot better than what's happening right now. So if you agree, if you disagree, hit us up on social media, the YouTube chat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Hammer and Nigel. Now, on to something completely different and totally dumb. Okay. One of our favorite social media channels is called There I Ruined It. Oh, no. Where somebody takes two different songs that have nothing to do with each other, mixes them up, and makes one awesome remix. So the one that they've got out now makes me smile, makes me laugh. Have you ever seen the movie The Jungle Book, Nige? When you were a kid, did you ever uh, see The Jungle Book? I, I feel like I read that, or no, maybe I'm thinking about where the wild things are. As the the book. Jungle Book had that hit song, The Bare Necessities. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody yeah, yeah. mixed up The Bare Necessities from The Jungle Book with Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice. No. Make a little something for the jeans and make a few ends and a Two in the morning and the party still jumping because my mama ain't home. I got bitches in the living room. Get me on it. They ain't leaving till yeah. six in the morning. Six in the morning. Oh, no. I got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do too. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's put me back into a yeah, good mood. that just ruined it for me. For <laughs> sure. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it. I'm Jason Hammer. Big knives right across from me. Tornado ripped its way through Johnson County yesterday. And some of the most 
amazing, horrifying photos came from the social media account of somebody whose job is to tell you about these storms. Marcus Bailey, meteorologist for Wish TV 8, joins us on the drivehubler.com hotline. Marcus, I was uh, following your Twitter feed yesterday because at first it started off as thunderstorm warnings and things like that. We had hail falling and you had some great pictures and I started retweeting things and then you posted a photo of what it was like over by your house in Johnson County and you can clearly see the tornado in the background. How close did that get to your house? I would guesstimate kind of looking fine. It's, I'll tell you, it certainly felt a lot closer than maybe what it was. Um, as, as I was kind of, you know, looking outside. Um, but it, probably at the tail end of that, um, I would say probably uh, within a mile, maybe a mile and a half. Um, you know, it, it was interesting, Hammers, that the, the, that whole thing kind of progressed. We had the severe thunderstorm warnings going off, and there was some damaging wind, and then all of a sudden that thing just cycled up so fast and we got the emergency alerts on the phone, and you heard the sirens going off in Johnson County, and I'm getting my family downstairs and saying, hey, let's just like, you know, get in the safe spot here. And me, being the dad, and I mean, I'm, I'm a weather nerd too, I had to take a peek outside, and it was one of those moments where I'm like, is this really happening? That I could actually see the debris being lifted. You couldn't really initially see the funnel. But you looked over the houses and I was looking to the west and there was clearly debris being lofted. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is a tornado that is very, very close to our neighborhood. And, Marcus, it feels like this came on so fast. We knew mm-hmm. there was the chance for severe weather, but it feel like it went from sunshine and 80 mm-hmm. plus degrees to severe thunderstorm warning. Sirens are going off. Some places are getting hail to tornado on the ground very quickly. It did. Um, and we, we were concerned with that. We knew that we were going to get two waves of rain initially. We were going to have this morning complex, which, you know, we did. And thankfully, it came through with no severe weather issues. But boy, I mean, if you went outside yesterday before the second act, the second wave of severe weather came out, you just felt it, it felt different, right? It was soupy. It was juicy is the, the word that I kind of used. It felt like Florida. If you've been down to yeah. Florida, it felt just like that. Absolutely. And so that's never a good sign when you get in these kind of setups, because that means the the atmosphere, the air is primed and ready to go. And that's exactly what happened. Um, we had untapped um, potential. And once the storm started kind of going and they were just free moving into areas that had all of this juicy air into it, uh, there was nothing to really slow it down. And so that's why they ended up ramping up. And to your point, Hammer, I mentioned it on air this morning. This is the first time in a long time where we really had all phases of severe weather. It wasn't just the tornadoes. They're going to get all of the the play because of the incredible video. But some of the hail, I mean, we had baseball-sized, softball-sized hail in some areas, and then some damaging wind um, reports, too. So you had all kind of severe weather reports with this. It was it was just a nasty, nasty complex. We're chatting with Marcus Bailey, meteorologist for Wish TV 8, not only reporting on the tornado damage in Johnson County, was able to see it from his house. Marcus, have you had a chance to kind of go around the neighborhood, drive around a little bit to see any of the damage? 
I haven't. I know the vicinities of where they're at, but you know, you know, I've, I've done this long enough now that I don't. I don't want to be a looky loo. You know, I wasn't officially in a working capacity yesterday, and I know that there's a lot of recovery efforts with making sure first and foremost that everybody was safe. And from what I understand now, at least at least in my area, there were there were no reported significant injuries, but there's a whole lot of damage uh, to, you know, that extends from just minor, maybe some roof damage to complete destruction of, of buildings. And so I, I didn't get a chance. I've seen what we have shown on Wish TV, um, which looks pretty extensive. I go by these areas frequently because obviously it's very close within a mile or two. Um, so I'm very familiar with there's there's really incredible video that's been going around of a, an apartment complex that was in the process of being built uh, that was just completely uh, not completely destroyed, but a lot of destruction with it. And that's probably about a mile and a half from my house. So I think once things kind of settle down, I may kind of venture out to t- kind of take a look. I'm trying to stay clear a little bit to let everybody kind of get the recovery efforts going on. How close was this area that's been affected to the area that got hit early mm-hmm. in the year, late March, early right. April? I can't remember. But the new Whiteland area, uh, man, it seems like they just can't catch a break. How close no. was this area to that area? Awfully close. Now, none of the areas that were hit. So that, that tornado outbreak was March 31st. Um, and it hit squarely in Whiteland. Um, I did a measurement um, of where the estimated track from yesterday's storm was to the March 31st tornado outbreak, and it was about is a little less than four and a half miles from that from that track. So you're talking about you know. Yesterday's was was kind of the north end of Bargersville and then kind of on the Greenwood-New Whiteland line, whereas the March 31st one was a little bit farther south and and impacted squarely just the town of Whiteland. But look, I mean, if you're – I mean, they're still cleaning up from that that March storm in Whiteland. Um, And I'm sure a lot of people get stressed out when they hear the sirens. Yesterday, I'm sure, was an extremely stressful day because – not only were the sirens going off, they were probably close enough that they could they didn't get any damage in Wyland, but I'm certain that they could probably see the tornado from where they were at. So let's talk about the sirens here for just a moment, because yeah. I think it feels like we should refresh everybody on when you hear the siren. Because a lot of yeah. people, they were watching the news, they hear, oh my God, there's a tornado touching down in Johnson County right now. And then I live in Marion County, I mm-hmm. hear the sirens where I live. So let's refresh when you hear a siren go off, what does that mean? The, the problem is, Hammer, is it, it's, it's a little bit different for every county. And so that's why we urge people. I mean, sirens are designed specifically for people that are outdoors. It's not intended for people that are inside because it is a very old technology. But the siren is there to give you a heads up that there is impending severe weather. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's always a tornado warning. For case in point, right? Um, I know in Johnson County and in Marion County, if you're under a tornado watch, they will sound the tornado sirens if there is a severe thunderstorm warning. So that could be some cause for confusion. Because there was Um, a severe thunderstorm warning in Marion County yesterday, and those sirens went off, but it happened to be around the same time that the tornado outbreak was happening in Johnson County. And I think a lot of people were confused thinking that the tornado was going to be making its way to Marion County. 
Correct. And I mean, look, I mean, this was, you're talking Northern Johnson County. It's, it's fairly close. And so I get where that, but, but, the, but the, the polygon for that tornado warning never really entered into Marion County. But the protocol has always been if there was a tornado watch and a severe thunderstorm warning in Marion County, that's, they sound the sirens. And so not only if you lived on the south side of Indianapolis, did you hear the sirens, but those sirens were going off in northern Marion County as well, which can be confusing, right? Because that's a long way away from where all of this action was taking place. So the way I always try to tell people is this, is if the siren is going off, you need to take your precautions, sure. But I think that's also a sign for you to get more information on exactly where this is. There are so many tools that you can use uh, online uh, via apps that can alert you. Um, I know my EAS, if you have your EAS uh, action on your phone, your smartphone, we ended up getting that push uh, alerts via the via the, because of the government sending that out, um, and so that's when you knew it was a legit tornado warning that was going on, and not so much the sirens. So, the sirens have their use, and I'm not trying to discount that at all. But I think there are there's some confusion. It's it's useful. Use that, but also use it as a chance to gather more information via apps, via TV, via radio. Um, and, and, and via the uh, via social media as well. Well, Marcus, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad your family, your house is okay. And uh, again, great job yesterday keeping everybody up to date with your social media feed and everything. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Thank you, Hammer. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. We have a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He is one of the impractical jokers. They are coming to Indy, the Drive, 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 Drive Tour. Did you get all the drives in there? I did. Okay. Having flashbacks to my uh, high school football days there. July 28th, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, James Murray, Murr joins us. Or should I call you Colonel Indiana? Long nuts. Which one would you prefer? Uh, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I prefer Colonel Indiana Long. I mean, well, no one in their right mind is going to choose James Murray over Indiana Long nuts. Well, in that case, welcome back home to Indiana here, uh, Colonel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, I've been working hard to become rank of Colonel, so I appreciate what's it. The, what's the story behind the name of the tour? Uh, so there was a punishment on the show uh, two seasons ago where we made Q essentially be like an Uber Eats driver for the guys and I. And he had to drive around through New York City traffic delivering us food. He was driving in the car for 11 and a half hours. I remember that. And, yeah. and the entire car, we'd retrofitted to have pu- like Muppets inside. Yes. And they sang, they sang the same 30-second <laughs> song over again and again and again. Yes. Which is, by the way, yeah, it's, that is, by the way, a CIA torture device. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like they, they play they play Barney uh, for hours in a row until you tell them where the weapons of mass destruction are. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, Mur, I got to tell you, I mean, that punishment was awful. Now I know, I know exactly. I remember the episode you're talking about. But you, I, I think you have probably been on the brunt end of the worst punishments on that show during the many, many seasons. Would you Would you agree with that assessment? I'll tell you what, every end of me has been on the worst end. Right? They, have, they have given me four prostate exams to date. They have 
put a catheter in my pee hole. <laughs> okay, like they're they're just they're knocking off orifices left and right. <laughs> I love what you're talking about on air prostate exams, and you have to specify to date because there may be more. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm always expected to be asked to bend over at any at any moment. You but know? you know, but you know, yeah, exactly. And that was, those were real, right? I mean, there was no acting there. there those were real insertions in those prostate exams. Oh, of course, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part of that punishment, it was two weeks before I was getting married, and my wife has a degree in nursing, right? So they made my soon-to-be wife take the catheter out of me, which is not a position you want to be in. <laughs> oh, man. But the worst one, I feel like for you, where I could see the actual look of sheer terror was the, the skydiving one. Oh, my God. I, I, I was thrown out of a plane against my will yeah. and uh, from 14,000 feet. And I didn't go skydiving, my friends. I went crydiving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were the look of just sheer panic on your face and then screaming all the way down. That was there's no fake in that at all. It, 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 what's not on TV is uh, when they first told me how to go skydiving, I ran off set. I locked myself in the bathroom in a place for a half hour, crying hysterically. I wouldn't come out. And from the bathroom, I FaceTimed my mother to say goodbye, and I love her. Oh and she, reject, she rejected the call because she was shopping at Macy's. <laughs> Like, it feels like that behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. This could be like the next movie, right? You guys just doing a documentary of the behind-the-scenes stuff of what goes through your mind when you may or may not agree to eat dog feces for $290. Like, that's the kind of stuff that we need. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this doesn't seem like a doc. It seems more like a B-horror movie to me. I don't know what you're talking about. So, when you guys bring this live show to Gamebridge Fieldhouse, again, July 28th, tickets on sale now. How do you do a live show? Because it seems like so much of what makes the show successful is being out on the street, and there's a lot of editing, and you know it takes a long time to put a show together. How does the live show work? Uh, I think the live show is even better than the TV show, because obviously it's just us raw right there. We improvise a lot. We tell stories on stage from the TV show, from our lives. Uh, it's a lot of multimedia. We show a lot of video clips you can't see on TV uh, that only the live audience gets to see. And we finally, on the live tour, tell the story of what happened at my wedding. I got married two and a half years ago, and my wedding might be responsible for the band Smash Mouth breaking up two and a half years ago. Do you remember when that happened? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Remember yeah, they, yeah. They, fi- they fired the lead singer, the guy you know from Smash Mouth. They fired him. That was days after my wedding because they were. I, I secretly booked them to close out my wedding as a surprise to my wife and the, my f- friends and family. And we tell the story on stage. It is outrageous. Now they have a great new lead singer. They're back on tour. They're awesome. That being said, my wedding might be responsible. Might be responsible <laughs> for one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Breaking, I mean, that's you know? that's worth the uh, 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 price of admission. Right there, Friday, July 28th, Cambridge Fieldhouse, Impractical Jokers, the Drive, 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 Drive tour. Hey, Mer, uh, one question in Hammer, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. How much work goes into making one episode of Impractical Jokers? Because they're only, you know, a half hour long on True TV. And I, yeah. I'm just wondering how long of a process that is. 
We we uh, very little work at all. We're not very intelligent guys. So we <laughs> really have dialed it in from day one, and uh, <laughs> oh, man, we uh, yeah we put a lot of work into it. Our hearts are in it. They've been in, in it in it from day one, and I hope that comes through in the TV show, and it definitely will come across on stage. Yeah, but th- I mean, is, is, is it like a week to film one episode? Or yep, it uh, takes us three days to shoot an episode. Wow. So we pull, we work 24 hours a day. We pull three all-nighters in a row. <laughs> oh, my God. And I would imagine now, because you guys have kind of hit that level of stardom, it becomes harder. Like, you can't just walk into a laundromat and put women's underpants on your face like you used to <laughs> yeah, sure. because you guys are recognized. You can't do that anymore, and I probably never should have done it in the first place. <laughs> uh, can't do it, but but we I, it, what works in our favor. You see a guy on TV or a girl on TV, you're like, oh my god, those are TV stars or movie stars. They belong on TV. We don't look famous. I look like a pharmacist at Walgreens. <laughs> you know? Well, would you put it that way? I, I, I guess. Oh, man, but you must have an incredible team backing you guys up too. I mean, like. The ideas. You get, how long have you guys been on? How many seasons so far? We are ready for this. We have been filming in Practical Jokers for 13 years, and we're uh, we're at 300 episodes and counting. And and you're constantly coming up with new ideas. Talk a little bit about the the team of writers and and, and you know do they pitch you guys stuff? Um, what's that process like in terms of coming up with ideas for punishments and things like that? We uh, we 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 uh, hired a bunch of misfits and losers to basically work <laughs> on the crew, and then we shoot them. No, we have uh, some of our dearest friends have worked on the show for many many years, like people we've known from high school, that kind of you know that know us as intimately well as we know each other, and that helps a lot. Uh, and then uh, and then obviously the, the show is largely improvised, so yeah. you never know when yeah. a guy with a giant mustache is going to walk in and turn <laughs> the whole thing upside down. You know? And you mentioned like high school friends and stuff right there. That's what I love about this oh, show. No. It's like it's... watching you with your buddies all just screwing with each other, but you guys just take it to that next level, and it's such an easy and fun watch. Like Once you start watching it, you end up Binging like four or five episodes in a row. Yeah, we're, we're like the the best HGTV show you've ever seen, but a comedy prank <laughs> show version of it. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think that's that's the coolest thing about it. We never knew that it was going to be like family's background TV show. You know, while they yell at each other or have dinner. It together. totally is. And it is. It totally you know? is. Wow. So the big show is coming Friday, July twenty eighth. Gamebridge Fieldhouse tickets on sale now. And Practical Jokers, the say it with me, Nige. Drive, 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 drive. drive. Drive, drive, drive tour. tour. Murr, Sal, and Q will oh. be there. Murr, we always love having you on, man. Thanks so much for taking the yeah. time. You got it, guys. I'll see you then, okay? All right, talk to you later. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHudler.com hotline. She is one half of the chicks on the right, the lovely and talented Miss Daisy with us. Amy Joe, how are you, love? I'm good. How are you guys? Man, we're good, and we got a lot of ground to cover here, so let's get right to it. Do you expect anything at all? to come from this whistleblower investigation into Hunter Biden, the Department of Justice, what they knew, what they didn't know, were they dragging their feet? We all see it. We all know it's probably true. But do you honestly expect anything to happen? 
Um, I just hope the whistleblowers are okay. I just I worry about, <laughs> I worry about yeah. them more than anything. Sure, because yeah. There's what well, we know of one of the guys, right? We know who he is. He's like the IRS Gary dude. He's Gary. I just call him Gary. And then Gary. The unnamed it's my cat's one. name. Yeah. <laughs> That's the greatest name for a cat ever. Uh, but, but, the, but then there's the other unnamed. For, I just worry about them because, I mean, they could get Clinton, right? But the, but the other, I don't know. When it comes to, is anybody going to be held accountable? I don't know. Have we seen anybody held accountable ever on the left? Right. In the past, in the past couple of years, I've seen no one held accountable, and I blame the people who represent us. You know, the people who are all the people on the right side of the aisle who are who are held accountable to their constituents. Are they holding people accountable? I don't know. I mean, these people need to buy some balls and hold some people accountable. And elections have consequences, but the thing is, Democrats play to win. They're out for blood. Republicans, oh, well, maybe next time. We just got beat with mail-in votes. I'm sorry, they're still not doing enough to combat the ballot yeah. harvesting that's legal in some places. You've got to totally fight agree. dirty. You've got to get in the trenches if you want to win this election. Because if you don't, guess who's going to be picking the same ridiculous people that's going to head up the DOJ and the FBI and putting all these judges in at the federal level? You've got to win an election. But the Republicans, they play too soft. Yeah, that's right. We're really polite. Like, Kevin McCarthy, he said today that he's going to start the impeachment process of A.G. Merrick Garland. Yeah. um, I think he's going to do it by July 6th over all this whistleblower stuff. So, I mean, that's, I mean, it's nice that he's doing that. I'm like, okay, well, yay, golf clap for you. But I, but there again, I I totally agree with you, Jason. It's like, I, there's, we're very soft on our side. I mean, if you, if the, the tables were turned, and all the stuff were happening to liberals, they would be losing their minds. Right. And I, I just, you know, I mean, I, just with everything that's happening, they would be losing their minds. None of this stuff would be happening to them because they would be rallying. That's one thing that we talk about a lot on our show, about how Democrats are really extremely good at rallying around one another. And we're just not so good at that. And we have to get better at that, especially around election time um, and, and making sure that a conservative gets gets into office and that conservatives are represented and that we, you know, we fight for this country because, man, we're losing it, you guys. Like, I just, I look at I, just some of the stuff that's going on, the culture, everything else, and just the fact that there is a two-tier system of justice. We're watching it happen, and I think a lot of people feel helpless, but we're not helpless. This is still America, and we have to fight back. It floors me when I see wishy-washy Republicans that are afraid mm-hmm. to make tough decisions because they the deck is already stacked against conservatives because right. not only are you fighting the Democrats, they've got the majority of the national media. They've got the schools doing all this bull crap to your kids. They've got Pride Month where they're grown ass men showing their genitals to children. They've got all uh-huh. this kind of stuff. Why are you so afraid to counterpunch? 
politically when it comes to this kind of stuff. It floors and me. They're, and, they're, and they're afraid to fight back culturally, too, because, I mean, like so many of these people, especially when it comes to like transgenderism and the culture wars and things like that, they're so afraid of being silenced. They're afraid of people calling them certain names that they just say, well, I'm just not going to say anything. Well, and you not saying anything, you being a total wuss about it, they continue <laughs> to win and they will they'll just railroad all over you. And that's precisely what's happening. And right one now. more thing about being held accountable. I don't know if you saw uh, the Durham uh, Durham testimony in front of the uh, the committee last week, but yeah. he was getting on both yeah. ends. I mean, look, Durham report was issued and it confirmed what we already knew. The Steele dossier was fake. The Russian collusion narrative was fake. It was perpetuated. It was uh, commissioned by Hillary in the DNC. Uh, the uh, FBI director, James Comey, knew it was fake, brought it to them anyway, didn't tell his underlings that it was fake. Um, and then the media, of course, pushed that narrative and tried to change the outcome of the 2016 election. And nobody, and then, but like, so I'm, so I'm sitting there saying, Saying, like Durham, you couldn't have subpoenaed Comey or McCabe or or any of these guys that yeah, that yeah. perpetuated this narrative that was completely false. But if, and then in the, the Mueller end, report, it, 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 precisely. But you know what's even more remarkable is how much the Democrats celebrate. You know, celebrate the lies. Like they continue to pat people on the back for for lying. I mean, it's like it, it, when they when they went through the whole censure process, and then they're like, "No, this is fantastic! Like yeah. you, you get a badge of honor for being a complete." An utter skeevy liar. Like that if that doesn't show you who the Democrat Party is and what they're all about, like they they sit on a throne of lies. Because like <laughs> nobody's gonna hold them accountable though, other than maybe Fox or maybe, you Newsmax, know, Newsmax, which they don't have the right. audience of Fox. You think CNN, right. MSNBC, CBS, ABC, any of these people are gonna hold them accountable? Right. And I guess that's why the, the people have to hold them accountable. It goes back to your point of, you know, people need to get out there and, and go to the polls and vote and, you know, be involved and just and, and hopefully people get it. I mean, I would hope that people are smart enough. I would hope that conservatives, people on our side of the aisle, you know, right wingers understand what's happening and they know that there is a two tier system of justice and that we are being treated unfairly and that this is simply not American. This is not the America that I knew growing up and that things have changed and that this is just not okay, you guys. And so people have to vote by, you know, but with their feet, with their minds, like they have to go to the polls and they have to make a difference because the people who are representing us, they're not doing jack squat to help us. And so we got to get out there and we got to vote and we have to make it overwhelming at election time. Daisy from the down. Daisy from the chicks on the right here on the Hammer and Nigel show. I don't know about you guys, but I was glued to my TV all day Saturday with this Russian coup thing. The the, Va the Wagner group, the the Wagner mercenaries turned on their Russian counterparts and and marched into Russia, took over a town of like a million people and then started marching towards Moscow. Cuckoo kachoo baby. Let's go. <laughs> I couldn't I know. And what? And what do you make of it? Like, what do you think? Because, I mean, there's so many different theories on why this happened and what's going on. And what what is your guys' take on it? I'm I, curious what I, you think. I think, 
I think um, the Wagner Group, again, paid hired mercenaries by Putin to fight along the Russian soldiers in the war, got sick and tired of, crap. of, of Putin's crap and not giving them yeah. enough supplies, enough ammunition, blah, blah, blah. Sick and tired of dying. Um, yeah, seeing yeah. his soldiers die. But I thought it was funny. As you know, a country with the world's biggest nuclear stockpile could have been spiraling into a civil war. I went to Joe Biden's Twitter account, <laughs> and I, right in the heat of all this, five straight posts on Roe v. Wade and abortion. Of course, of course, because that's what's important, right? That, that's what we're concentrating on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very important bodily autonomy, and it's very important for. And I would, I'm surprised that they didn't have a bunch of stuff of, of pride, you know, pride stuff on there, rainbow stuff, and and the LGBTQIA XYZ LMNOP community. I keep on seeing. That goes on until I, I believe that goes on until Friday. I, I keep week. on seeing this footage. Have you seen the footage of this pride parade? And there's a grown ass man in tidy whities twerking in front of a bunch of kids. Oh my god, it's all over the place. Like big cities all over America. This past weekend, it was just out of control. Uh, flashing themselves in- at kids, yeah. like showing I mean, the full Monty at kids. Uh, and who are these parents that are bringing their kids to this parade? It's it uh, works it's both well, ways too, oh you know. A lot, Nigel. There, I mean, that's the thing I think that's the most astounding to me and most baffling is that, I mean, lots and lots of parents are bringing their kids to these freak shows, you know, where got these twigs and berries flying all over the place <laughs> in kids' faces. And I'm like, who are these parents, you know? And it's not even a, you know, they're saying the quiet part out loud. Like, they're... They're doing the whole "we're coming for your kids" thing. They're changing right. that at some of these. They're, yeah, there's video that, out yeah. there. I'm not just I'm not making that up. We actually have videos on our website at chicksontheright.com. But they're saying we're coming for your children. So they're they're definitely saying the quiet part out loud now. And there was one I saw in New York City where um, there are a bunch of like naked women and oh, I guess like in the fountain. Women. Right, and they're like boobs are flying all over the place, which you guys probably would have liked that. But they, <laughs> no, it's they never the women up. you want, Daisy. Right. It's never the. It's not like you know Kate Upton's in there slowly wringing out a towel above her head. It's like Joy right. Behar's in there squatting over a mirror. Right, it's, oh, it's, it's, so, it's, like, the women, it's like the women with the wind socks. Around. <laughs> so yeah, it's really bad. Nice. I'm glad I gave you that visual. So, anyways, they're running around and and with their boobs flying around and. And then there's this one, I guess, chick who has a, a mask on. Like, I'm glad you're protected with your mask. Yeah. Like, it's just the, the crazy the visual masks. of, like, the New York liberal weirdo that's, like, topless running around with her her COVID mask on. And I'm like, that, if that's not, like, the perfect <laughs> liberal vision, I don't know what is, you what, know? What are you uh, working on with Chicks on the Right? And- oh, my gosh. Like, we are, well, we're talking about all things, you know, Hunter Biden, all things pride, all things, I mean, just everything crazy you can think of. And then, of course, we also, at the end of every show, just so everybody knows, we always end with a little bit of, I always have my sack of whack, and then Moth always... (laughs) And Moth always ends with her talks to make everybody happy. So there's usually like a screaming husky or like a weird raccoon in there. So awesome. people should tune in every morning. They should tune in. Chicksontheright.com. You can find us there. Daisy, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. And it takes me back to a simpler place in time. When we used to kick back and let the moon shine. 
I see uh, Jason Hammer sitting across from me with a uh, with a mason jar full of clear liquid and uh, a label that's handwritten. Yes, sir. Uh, it's Moonshine Mondays. Where did we get this moonshine? Oh, it's Al- Allison, right? Yeah, Allison hooked this one up here. So she took a little road trip and uh, she brought us back a little shine here. So what we've got is a uh, little ball canning jar here with what I'm told is 100 proof. Uh, this is... Jim Tom's signature moonshine <laughs> from Sugarlands. Jim Tom's. Jim Tom's. But this is written again on a handwritten. Did it come like this, or you know what I mean? Like this is it, the this way is it was like, given to me from it Alice. Was, it was there's like scribble. The the handwriting's awful. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to drink it? No, what are we I, doing? I just don't know what I'm drinking. I want to make sure I'm not drinking straight ethanol. You've done it before. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't trust Allison. <laughs> Sorry, Allison, but that's it. I trust you, Allison. Right, cheers, cheers, everybody. Ah! <laughs> Fire burning! Woo! Whoa! That's the strongest one I've ever had. Wow! To date. Wow! Sugar and shine. I can't feel my legs! (laughs) I can't feel my legs! Oh, boy. Good job, Allison. I'm going to pour another here. Good job, Allison. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.